This episode is sponsored by 12th Street Sound, a recording studio in New Westminster run by owner and engineer Anthony Santorini. Anthony has worked with award-winning acts in all genres, and he's known for his professional approach to making great records at affordable prices. Make your 2023 memorable with your next production, recording, or mixing project. Go to 12thstreet.ca to learn more. That's 12thst.ca to learn more. Thanks to Anthony at 12th Street for sponsoring the show. I like got out of the water and I swear to God there was like 15. So I'm just like picking them off. I'm like, my art, it means so much to me. I'm going back in. And then I, you know what I said? I said, what would Dolly do? She would go back in. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson, and this week we are speaking with Madison. Madison is an up-and-coming singer-songwriter from the rural community of Cranbrook, B.C. Utilizing a knack for pop songwriting, commanding vocals, and by incorporating a range of musical styles, Madison has established herself as an authentic and genuine emerging talent. Her latest release, Home is Where the Music Is, was included on our Best of 22 special, and we are eager to share her story with you today. Before we get to our conversation with Madison, here's a song from Home is Where the Music Is. This is Fading. came all the way from Cranbrook. How was the trip down? Yeah, it was great. Uh, it's it's always busy coming down here to Vancouver. And it's just like, as soon as I get to the airport in Cranbrook, even though it's tiny, I know it's go time. And uh, yeah, get into Vancouver and it's just go, go, go 11 out of 10 all, all the time here for me. How often do you usually uh, get out to Vancouver and do you stay like for probably an extended period of time at, at, at a time? Yeah, I, I've just kind of over the last year, uh, I've started coming out to Vancouver more often, um, usually like once a month, if I can. Uh, I, I'll book a show and I'll book a string of like three shows or something over a week, like a, you know, Thursday, Saturday, Monday kind of thing. And, and I'll stay for that week and just like jam pack as much as I possibly can until I need to go back to my sanctuary in my little Kootenai home in Cranbrook. Yeah. Were you playing some uh, shows this past week? Uh, I was doing a little bit more community stuff and uh, just kind of like connecting with other musicians on this trip. So I was on the radio station for Unsigned BC last night. We did uh, a really cool show live at the co-op radio station and yeah I've, I've just been going out to gigs and, and kind of connecting and meeting up with other musicians and producers and doing songwriting this was more of like a a writing trip as well I'm I'm writing right now like every day out here it's really inspiring out here nice yeah and it's uh you know it's really nice especially entering this year where things are like really fully back into oh full yeah swing. yeah it's fully back and and I'm feeling it and I, this is the first time in my career that I've really gone into it so heavily um and I feel like it's all kind of happening at once and it's a really good time to to dive into it right now because I mean when I lived in Ireland I was kind of not doing music so much. I was just like traveling and like finding myself and learning about my writing style and music style. And then I had so much time to really like craft that over the last two years of COVID, just like being at home and being able to really think about things and practice and, and get better and and refine my brand and style and everything. So I, th- I think that actually gave me time. And now it's like blossoming. And it's the perfect time. That was one of the one of the few good things about COVID for some artists was like having that time. It's like, well, okay, I'm not distracted by the hustle and bustle of yeah. playing live shows, so I can just, you know, put my head down and work on some other stuff. Yeah, yeah, you, you can hone in on things that you would have kind of neglected, and the online world blew up, obviously. So that's a space that I really grew on, 
and Instagram, TikTok world. It's scary, uh, but it's also really great. And it's and it's like a it's a tool. It's just like you know a, a revenue source, whatever it might be. You get people out to your gigs. That's how I meet other musicians, and you get opening slots, and it's all through this online world. So I think that that um, has given artists a lot to work with. I imagine in your case, especially with your home base being in Cranbrook, you can produce content that's a, uh, you know less common than you know someone living in the city. Like, oh, here's me going about my day yeah. in the city, as opposed to like, oh, here's me by a lake. Yeah, just me yeah. on a mountain. And it's funny that you say that because like I've tapped into that a little bit um, and it's something that I'm always thinking about. So I'll do like different series. I did this one recently um, where I did a, like an acoustic live version of each one of the songs on the album. But I got this like throne chair that I found at this antique shop in Cranbrook called Twice as Nice. They sponsor my music videos. Mm. So I went there and I got this like beautiful like throne and I took it out to a different location to 10 different locations. There's 10 songs on the album. And I, I was like in a river, like I was out on like a dock, like in the middle of the lake, like we like brought the chair out onto the dock and just like in the mountains, like a bunch of really cool spots and people really gravitate towards that because it it's it's so like pleasing and, and comforting to watch and I think my music also has that kind of comforting relaxed like easy listening kind of vibe to it so it yeah it it works yeah you're also doing something that's um ties into what you're promoting as well it's not um you know skits or whatever that doesn't mesh with yeah what you're really trying to promote which is yeah. music yeah what like that's that's the message and sometimes i think and this is the pressure of like seeing everyone else's content i'm like oh i should be making a funny video or i should be like doing a <laughs> where i sit down and show everyone how to pr how to make the song that i put out or like what if this song were a reggae version of this song and it's like, <laughs> that just like, I can do it for sure, but it doesn't always feel as natural. Yeah. And it's, I, I think that shows when people are producing content that like feels natural and true to their voice as opposed to like, oh, okay, well, they're doing it because other people are doing it. Yeah. And they think it's a trend and it, it might help and it, and it might, but yeah, I think that that's a huge part of what I try and do with my music is just be like as authentic they can be and not try and like follow any sort of specific sound or idea you know it's just just honest music <laughs> cranbrook to paint a picture just for listeners is a you know small city in the kootenai region in eastern british columbia what was it like growing up there and getting your start as an artist yeah cranbrook is a really special spot actually and it was really wholesome growing up there. I think the first time that my parents took me out camping, like in the woods, like in the middle of nowhere, I was three weeks old. And there's a photo to prove that. And that was kind of how most of my childhood was. And my dad and my dad's side of the family are all musicians and singers. My aunts are country music singers. And so I kind of grew up around the campfire, singing, playing guitar, um, camping, snowmobiling, skiing. Like it was very much Kootenai lifestyle. But I always had a bigger picture. I was very dramatic as a child. I was always like putting on musicals for my family and like sitting everyone down after dinner and like improvising this like 20 minute like song on the spot and like making my sister and me do dance routines and musicals. And so, it, yeah, I, I was like in this small town, but I had like this really big picture for what I wanted for my life. I like wanted to be a star since I was like three. Like that's just, that's what I wanted. I was like, I want to be a star. <laughs> and so it was kind of like this um, funny balance of growing up so rurally and like so kind of off grid, but then being so tied into like pop culture 
and like up and coming musicians and, and stuff. Like I was obsessed with Taylor Swift and I kind of always, I just like knew that that's what I wanted to do and I wasn't gonna let anything stand in my way. And Cranbrook has been a great stepping stone, honestly. And I think coming from a small town, it's it, it builds on the story. It's a little bit more grit there because I have to work really, really hard to, to be heard in the way that I, I want to be. Yeah, an example I can think of is uh, the band Cage the Elfender from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yeah. Middle of nowhere, Kentucky. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's like so baked into their story. Yeah. Well, you see that all the time. Um, and I, I feel like it's it's really special because I think, oh, wow, like I could have been born in Toronto. Or I could have I been born in LA. I could have been born, you know, wherever. And it, I think that it was meant to be that this is a part of my story and would have been completely different any other way. So, yeah, Cranbrook. I I'm thankful for the way that I grew up there. Yeah. Cranbrook is more known as the hometown of like NHL hockey players. Uh, though, um, the band Lilix featuring Louise Burns yes, is from there. Yes. I understand who had an impact uh, on you as a young music fan. Oh my gosh. How would you describe really, you know, uh, cutting your teeth in, uh, in Cranbrook and really the, the, the music community there? Because I, I, know, I know it's a lot smaller than other places for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, Lilix, like, were pivotal for my music taste kind of changing and getting a bit of an edge. I remember, I mean, I was in, I was in like, elementary school. I think it was, like, grade maybe five or six. And Falling Uphill came out their, like, debut album with Maverick Records and it was so like pop punk it was almost like girl version of like Sum 41 and Blink-182 but it was like hooky like so catchy and I was just obsessed like that CD was just like on repeat and so that was one of the first like concerts that I went to see it was I was really young when I saw them first. I think I think I was like seven or eight, and um, that it was it was just like life changing because there's these girls like shredding on guitar and like playing all the instruments and like dancing around on stage. And then I saw Mariana's Trench open for Lilix a few years later after they released um, Into the Hollow. And that was yeah. I mean it it was just like so special to have them come out of Cranbrook and the music scene in Cranbrook is definitely like it's it's small and there's a huge generational gap in the artists there and so it's hard for me to be you know like a 25 year old in Cranbrook trying to pursue music it actually just doesn't happen um Cranbrook now I've found is my place to go and like retreat. It's my place to come home to so I, I can recharge. And I'm okay with that and I'll, I'll play local gigs. There's great music scenes in Fernie, Nelson, like the whole kind of outer Kootenays area. But Cranbrook is like it's, it's more of a place for me to be with my family and my friends. Um, but I'm also hugely involved in what is coming up for Cranbrook. Key City Theater is a really, really cool venue, and they're bringing a lot of acts through. So that's something that I find is is growing, and I think that Cranbrook has a lot of potential, and I, I want to be a part of that for sure. But it's not as busy as it is here in the city, of course. <laughs> I thought of another example that's probably a bit more relevant in uh, in the case of the music that you make is uh, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen coming from Mission. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And she did the Canadian Idol thing, and then I saw her in Cranbrook. I want to say she opened for Mariana's Trench, actually, on the, the tour that she did after. And, and that was another one that, yeah, when I saw her then, it was really like quite grassroots. And she was like silly and funny on stage. And I didn't even really know who she was. And then when 
like her hit singles started coming out, it definitely changed her sound and things were a lot different. But I think that that's just the evolution of artists. And I feel like privileged that I got to see her really, really early on. It's it. She's certainly had an interesting career trajectory in that she's, you know, there's Call Me Maybe and everyone's like, okay, you know, big viral hit. But now she's kind of regarded as like this, uh, like critical darling in yeah. music blog yeah. circles. Yeah, especially like Canadian yeah. music. Like that's, yeah, it's like iconic. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about uh, tons of different bands and artists, uh, but I am curious as to like who specifically has influenced you as a vocalist and as a songwriter. Yeah, um, I definitely am inspired by a lot of 70s music. Um, the vintage sort of rock and roll sound is something that I grew up on. So, like, Fleetwood Mac, of course, Stevie Nicks, Blondie, um, Chrissy Hine, The Pretenders. So the song Fading is actually really, really inspired by The Pretenders. And so a lot of a lot of that 70s music, like 70s ballads, it, it kind of comes out a lot in my music. And that's, like, a whole range of artists. But then specifically... The artist Maggie Rogers is a huge, like, major inspiration of mine. Um, I I can easily say that she's my favorite artist. And her songwriting style, like, her production, just everything is, it's so deep. And I feel like that's what I'm looking for as a musician that's just really, really connected to to my music and, and my lyrics and the way I sing like it's very emotive so when i find an artist that's like that i kind of just like obsess over them and that's definitely what it was like with maggie i remember i discovered her song alaska when i was living in ireland and i was walking down the street and it came on and i'd never heard it before and i started crying and i was walking down the street in dublin and i was it was one of those moments where i was just like so overwhelmed and i was like oh my god this is music like this feels so good i love this so much so yeah definitely maggie rogers and i had maggie, maggie rogers to the list because i know uh kind of artists of a similar elk that i got into um just randomly was uh, like patsy klein yeah and uh and uh i had finally sat down and listened to the jolene album by dolly Parton. oh my god like, why yes. the hell did i sleep yes. on this for years Dolly is like a huge vibe of mine. Actually, like I have this little pin. It's a cowboy boot on, on my leather jacket here. And it says, what would Dolly do? And every time I'm like doing something and I don't know, I'm like, well, what would Dolly do? I've been really mean to watch that documentary. I've heard it's really good. I like watch that like once a week. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's one of those ones that I watch like frequently. And I've started watching the Elvis movie like once a week. Mm. They're so actually see that Elvis movie too. Yeah, it's good and like i don't care what anyone else says i think it's really good and i've been getting mixed reviews from the outsiders but <laughs> i think people are just like laughing at tom hanks in a fat suit <laughs> yeah there's a lot of i guess some people are like oh it's just like too fantasy it's just like so much is going on but like that's baz like of course yeah. the, like the direction <laughs> is gonna like duh <laughs> of course it's ornate and over the top it's baz <laughs> yeah. lerman yeah what are you currently listening to or listening to currently, I should say? Actually, I'm listening to a lot of electronic music right now. Um, I dance a lot. Like, I, I love to dance. I dance at home all morning sometimes. Like, I just I just love it. I'll go out dancing whenever I can. Not so much in Cranbrook, but that's why I have to come out here. <laughs> and, like, I guess house music like um drum and bass kind of like liquid house i really like disclosure i really like flume i'm listening to this um artist it's elen like e-l-e-n-n-e elen i think it's Elaine. french yeah Sounds french yeah so um they're really really great and anyone out there who does or doesn't like electronic music. Like it's just that music where you listen to it and it just feels really good. That's what I think about electronic music. It's like, I don't know, I feel it really deep. But um, yeah, you know, I, I like my music is 
range is so interesting because like I'm listening to new music too and like newer Indian folk and kind of like R and B. But I don't know if I'm that like dialed in to like new releases or like it's hard to keep up. Yeah, and I don't like I just I like what I like and I'm kind of just repeating those things and hopefully finding new artists in those realms that I like to listen to. But I tend to always go back to the classic rock and there's always like Led Zeppelin or something playing, playing at home, the band. That's it pretty much (laughs) everything. (laughs) Well, kind of speaking to really just the uh, variety of styles that you listen to uh, your first record, self-reflections, which dropped in 2020 uh, really sees you play around with a number of different um, genres. Uh, yeah. The song Crystal Clear incorporates elements of R&B. You try out reggae on In the End, and Differences is you know, a straight-up electro-pop track with autotune on your vocals. Yep. Um, how did this stylistic diversity become part of the record's identity? And this will tie into some questions I have about the following record. Cool. Yes. Uh, I think the self-reflections, it it had all these different songs that I had written over the course of like four or five years. And it was all the styles that I had been listening to. And it was my first release. And I kind of was like, I don't care about what anyone says. I'm going to put all of these different feelings and sounds and moods all in one album. And I didn't even like think about it that way because the way that I sat down and did the recording I worked with Barry Jones at Sincerity Sound in Winlaw out in the Slocan Valley and we spent like a beautiful three weeks and on his like off-grid property in this studio that was converted like it was a barn that was converted into a studio like Winlaw has no cell service they've opted out Oh, wow. um, there's like a petition so, so they, do they even get wi-fi out there yeah but everyone has to like turn off their wi-fi routers at night <laughs> <laughs> so i'm not surprised but it's still just like whoa all right <laughs> needless to say the experience recording that album was amazing and even though all the songs had their own kind of world and they were a part of whatever genre you want to put them into it felt like a cohesive album and because we all we recorded it all at one time in the same place and I just had all of these different ideas for all the songs. So like, I, I don't know. I just like, I, I had all these, these sounds in my head and, and I wanted to put them all together. And I think that each song was like a reflection, right? And so that's why the album was named The Self-Reflections. And I wanted people to hear all of the different things that I could do and where I could put my voice and just like keep that diversity as an artist. And I think even though I'm refining, probably I'm refining my songwriting more so that I have like more of like a signature songwriting style, but I'm always gonna be creating genre bending music. You touched on this a bit, of course, working on self-reflections, you know, in the Slocan Valley, very isolated, whereas home is where the music is, was recorded in Los Angeles curious how the environment really informed the recording process for each of these releases. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thing, actually. Because um, you can hear it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and there was, I was feeling that too. I was feeling like the, the shift in and how things were coming out. So I actually thought that I might go back and record with Barry at Sincerity um, for the second album home is where the music is but I got connected with uh this production company this like indie label out of LA Chloe Chides from the band Kitten is the like owner of the label and I got connected with her and she kind of like we were like talking about working together and I told her that I had this album and that I had this grant and she was like well we should try and do this album together and she had a really cool producer that she was working with who was like East Coast kind of sound. Um, and so I had listened to the music that he made and he was um, working with Ariel Pink at the time. So that was, like, I was 
you know, I like Ariel's music. And so there was a lot of sounds that I was like, I really want to explore that. And I just, I also wanted the exposure and the, all the things that came with going out to LA. Like it, it was a shift that I wanted to make in my career. So being in Winlaw, that was like me just getting better at, at music. And, and just like being immersed in that process that was really, really um, open and welcoming and just like shooting ideas back and forth and me learning and learning about production and everything. Like Barry was my, my friend and I spent days and days and days there just like being so involved in the process. So then when this opportunity came around, I was like, okay, well, I really want to go out and see what it's like to be just – working in a studio like that where a lot of things are taken care of I'm still you know a part I've, I did a lot of the work on the album too most of the recording and and everything of course I wrote all the songs but I I kind of just wanted to see what it would be like if I let someone else come in to to the world and and be like well we should take this song in in this direction and then just be like yeah okay I'll see you in a few hours I'm gonna go out to a photo shoot and I'll come back and, and see see what you've kind of done. And that, that was what LA was like. Like from 8 a.m. to midnight, I was on the go. I'd be in the studio for maybe like four hours in the beginning. And then I would leave and yeah, go to a photo shoot, go to a video shoot, go to a meeting with like some important, cool industry person. And I needed that because... Winlaw could not offer me that and that was not why I was going there but this was a step that I needed to take in my career and in my brand and just like in myself just being knowing that I can make the decisions to do whatever I want to do with my music whether that's going out to LA and, and making that my home for a little while and figuring out how I would navigate that and learning about how to advocate for myself in me in my music and in my independence and you know then also going off grid and recording an album like i want to i want to do it all what was your experience like navigating really that world of la it being you know the major hub in the music entertainment industry in north america i think that i like i went into it knowing that there was going to be some times where i would be like oh okay well i don't align with that or like that's you know, for, for whatever, I maybe I've never experienced that or whatever. And I, I knew that I was going to have to go out and just go with the flow. And there was a lot of really interesting things that happened in LA and a lot of like, it's really on fire right now over there. And like that makes it so that everyone in LA wants wants it so bad whether that's like just a lot of times it's just to be famous and so you can you can really see that um pretty evidently and sometimes it's hard to trust people and you you, you work with them or you connect with them or whatever and it seems really genuine but then it's they're actually just like out to make themselves more famous or get ahead or like there's like conversations that I would overhear where people will be talking and then like someone would say oh yeah well I worked with blah 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 and the one person would not be interested in the conversation at all and then as soon as they would say oh yeah I know whoever the person would light up and they'd be like oh you know James blah 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 and they'd be like oh well now all of a sudden we're friends and I want to hang out with you and I want to work with you and so I like started seeing that a bunch of times I was like wow that's a really interesting pattern of people not being interested in a conversation and then as soon as they drop a name all of a sudden they want to be your best friend <laughs> so that was kind of funny about LA but I I think that it's a very important place for um, people to go artists to go and to just see how fast things are there and to just dive into it for a little while. I think it's 
probably the fastest moving place for for the industry, for the entertainment industry. So if you can go there and you can do that, then I think that you can do anything. <laughs> Winding back the clock a little bit, and I think you mentioned this before we started rolling. You lived in Europe for three years and lived in Dublin for, I think, two of those years. Mm-hmm. And wanted to uh, find out some more about uh, some highlights from your time abroad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I moved to Ireland pretty much right after I graduated high school. And I just, well, I I went to Europe for the first time when I was 16, actually, with my vocal jazz choir. So I was in vocal jazz choir in high school. And we went over and, like, competed and sung in cathedrals and stuff. It was really amazing. And and I really fell in love with Europe. And I was like, okay, I need to go back to this place as an adult. So I went back and, I don't know, Ireland was just kind of calling me. It's not like I have family or I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anyone at all. And I just booked this one-way ticket to Dublin. It's like, well... I'm just going to hop on a plane and I'm just going to go and I'm going to figure it out. That's kind of how I do things. So I got there and it was magical, as you can imagine. And I traveled all over Europe for like six months, but something was pulling me back to Ireland. So I went back and I got a work visa and I lived there for like two full years. But I was I was doing music. I was writing. But uh, I wasn't really performing and I wasn't really involved in like the music industry. I was actually working for Bank of Ireland. Um, I was doing like payment processing. So I was technical support for like the debit and credit machines. You know, when you like go into a store and you pay on debit and you use like a point POS or whatever. Yeah, I was fixing those. And Far like, less exciting than touring the world as a musician. I know, <laughs> but you know what? Like each one of these little things that I've done, whether it's like a sidetrack random thing or aligned with music, has contributed to the way that I navigate my business. Like as a as a business owner, that's what I am. Mm-hmm. So all these little things like contributed to that. And and being in Ireland and not doing music helped me to write from a point of not knowing much about songwriting. Like, I I mean, I wasn't writing for success or for a hit or for, like, I didn't even know what what I was going to do. I was just writing. And when I got home from Ireland, which was late 2019, just before COVID, um, I wrote the whole Self-Reflections album. And I I just had so much in my brain. And I'd been in Europe and I was listening to like alternative rock in Dublin and like punk and like Irish music and then a whole bunch of electronic music when I would go to Berlin or when I'd go to England, spend time in London. Like there was so many different sounds. And that is part of the reason why self-reflections is so diverse. In contrast to self-reflections, uh, home is where the music is. is much more cohesive to my ears, though you do venture into modern pop uh, some more, specifically on the song Don't Say No. Yeah. Was cohesion a goal that you were looking to achieve while working on this release, or is this more just a result or byproduct of crafting that album? Good question. I think it's actually the theme home is where the music is was really strong for me for this album so it was like a concept and i was the so the songwriting concepts and themes are are much more cohesive 100% and i think i was also refining my songwriting more over the last 2 years since i released self reflections so i think that i'm just getting more of a a signature kind of sound and that definitely is more evident and I was aiming for that with this album but just as far as like the production goes on the album like I I just kind of went for it and then I think that because I recorded it all at one time in LA with PSY like it it came out cohesive as well and it it has you know this the stylings of the team that i worked with so i'm really happy with this coming out more cohesive and i think people are going to start recognizing 
the Madison sound a little bit more with this album. And that's definitely what I was aiming for. Yeah. What is the most meaningful song for you on Home is Where the Music Is? Hmm. Probably Running, the song with the music video. So I wrote Running right before I left to Dublin about this time last year. It was so I was leaving to Dublin to go back to do a songwriting retreat for this album because Ireland was a part of of my home and, and a home where some of my music developed. So that's, you know, kind of the, the theme of, of the album, um, my my different homes and my different musical homes. So I went back there to write. But but before I left, I got connected with Chloe and it was like maybe two weeks, 10 days before I was leaving to Dublin, I completely changed my plans about how I was going to record the album. And I decided to go out to LA. So that was like a huge shift. And I was all of a sudden I was like, whoa, like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just going to go for it. And so that's like, I felt like I was just running. And um, the song also touches on like the last you know, two plus years of fighting to be heard and like trying to get exposure and to, you know, get recognition for putting in so much work and just like be a part of something bigger. So the the chorus is like talking about um, like climbing mountains just for water and wine. And that's because sometimes I feel like I'm doing these like insane feats. And I do all this by myself, right? I tour alone, I'm, I'm in Europe, I'm in Toronto, I'm in Vancouver, I'm home, I'm in Vancouver, I'm home, I'm in Vancouver, I'm home. And so I f- get exhausted sometimes and I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing all these things, but I'm literally just trying to put food on my table and survive and so that's what the song is about too and it's like really raw really like hard on my sleeve kind of like honest writing and I think those are the songs that are the most true to me when they come out that way and when I wrote it I had no idea that it was even going to be on the album but afterwards I finished it and I was like oh damn that was you were one thing I noticed uh was that for this record you've put out two music videos so far one for running and the other one was for don't say no mm-hmm. and uh oddly enough there is like the it's a visual uh companion really to kind of like your journey especially with recording the first uh release and then the second one whereas um the running music video you're in the okanagan yeah I, i'm yeah. in a soyuz yeah, you're in a soyuz so, in the canadian desert with yeah. the rattlers yep and then uh, with uh, Don't Say No, you're in, uh, uh, well, it's a, some looped footage, but yeah. it's L.A. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that one was more like a D- DIY music video in L.A. And, but then with running, I had this whole, like a movie. Like I had a concept. Like a Western sort of thing. Yeah. It's like yeah. an outlaw, like Wild West kind of vibe. And that's exactly what I wanted. And that's exactly what I heard. When I was writing this song, it actually was giving me like Hotel California, like the Eagles sort of vibes. And that kind of like Americana, I keep saying it's Amy Winehouse meets Johnny Cash. So I I really wanted that. And I also wanted to tell the story of the song, which is, yeah, like climbing the mountain and shedding layers. And that's why like in the video, I'm like changing my clothes a lot and like shedding layers and like adopting new things and, and changing and evolving. That's really what it is. Yeah great place to uh shoot a video as well just as long as it isn't too hot because uh I, oh yeah, my god my, my i have f- some interesting stories about some things that happened when we were on, when we were shooting oh do tell okay um well aside from like being so 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 hot like 42 degrees and when it was did you just- shoot it by the way july <laughs> oh my god why would you do that to yourself i was up in the the okanagan uh, for a wedding in july and i was uh i was also a little sick as well i was just oh my god. dying during dinner because no. it was an outdoor wedding did you have a fever uh no i didn't have a fever but okay. i was just like <laughs> mm. yeah i mean the way my schedule is i can't i just have to if, if something is gonna yeah. happen it just has to happen and i can't fight it um but I, it was just me and Jeremy, 
from Rising Action Pictures who shot the music video and, and did everything for it. So it was just him and I. I did everything, you know, did all the wardrobe, did my makeup while we were driving up there. And we like got to the top of this mountain and it was so hot. It was, I was like sweating. And he had this like huge umbrella. So we like whenever I kind of had a moment, I would just like stand underneath the umbrella on my own. And this was around the time where we found the snake. <laughs> and I was like standing under this umbrella and I just like saw it. And we were like, okay, let, let's see if we can, let's see if we can capture a, a clip of this. And we managed to. Nice. And if, if you watch the video, you see the rattlesnake. That happened. It's not a prop snake. It was not a prop you snake. You the snake. It's just there. No, it was literally just there. And, and it was, that was exactly what we wanted. We were like, hey, well, we're not going to go searching for one. We're not, we're not, this isn't a safari. Like if we come across one, we'll, we'll try and see what, what we can do. We made it work. It was very ethical. No snakes harmed. None of us were harmed. And it was very rock and roll. And then we went to uh, this lady's house who was letting us shoot on her property. And she had, there's kind of like a bayou sort of like Mississippi River kind of scene where I've got this like pail and I'm like in the water and it's like reeds and, and stuff and really cool water. But I got there and the lady, she, she's, she was French. Her name was Coco. And she said to me, she's like, oh, um, I forgot to tell you there's those sucking things in the water. And I was like, Oh, you mean leeches? I was like, excuse me? You mean leeches? <laughs> She's like, yes, but they're very small. And so I was like, okay, well. <laughs> Does that make it better or worse? Um, I was like, okay, I, I guess we'll just, we'll just test this out. And we go to do the first scene in the water and they're just all over me and I'm like trying to shoot and I'm like looking down at my feet and like looking and I like got out of the water and I swear to god there was like 15 leeches like because the oh. water was like up to my like calf like up to my knee and so I'm just like picking them off and like going and then Jeremy yells at me from the water he's like we didn't get the shot <laughs> no <laughs> I'm like no I'm like my art it means so much to me I'm going back in and then I you know what I said I said what would Dolly do? And I'm like, she would go back in. She would get the shot. Yep. So we went back in and and we got it and I braved it and I did it. But like no one would know that in the music video from it because that's acting, baby. And so like, I, you know, these there was a lot of like things like that in the video. And uh, I forget that we can't like, even get leeches up here. But, I know, yeah. I know. So yeah, snakes, leeches. Snakes I knew about. <laughs> Forty-two degree weather. It was it was quite the adventure filming out in Asuas, and and that that is like so cool because that was actually like a huge theme of the song, right? Like just battling through it, just running, just going for it, and pulling the trigger. What else do you have planned to support the release of Home? Again, we got those music videos out, and obviously you're playing shows as frequently as you can. Yeah. Yeah, the shows is like a huge thing. So I think I think it's okay to like tour an album for like a year or two after it comes out. And I want to normalize that. I want artists to know that like, yeah, it's okay if you are touring an album still like two years after it's come out. So, I mean, it just came out in August. So I have a full tour planned for 2023. Applied to a bunch of festivals. Um and I'm in Vancouver so far every month until June. I already have shows booked every month. So I'm back again playing at Gilton Co., playing at the Heatley, uh, Second Floor Gas Town, just like doing a bunch of things um, and, and kind of promoting the album as much as I can. And then, of course, like online, I always have little series that I'm putting together so everyone out there in the world can go follow me on my Instagram uh, because that's a spot where I tend to have pretty current content. And then I have a Patreon as well. So I'm kind of deep diving into the songwriting process of, of the album. And uh, that's kind of another way that I'm promoting it. But um, I'm also, this is really cool, I'm also um, doing, this year I'm going to release a bunch of singles. And I haven't actually talked about this yet. Ooh, so exclusive. It's, it's kind of 
it's kind of secret, but I'm Ooh. I'm gonna tell you guys about it anyways. Um, I'm actually taking the intro song home, which is the intro into the album. It has my dad speaking on it, and I'm gonna turn that song into a full length song. And I'm gonna do a music video for it. So I applied for some funding to do um, like an animation kind of AI style video. I'm working with um, a videographer and he also is really like up in the AI world. So, you know, of course my friends ethically sourced AI. I wanna create all of these different like little scenes and like basically I want to create like these dream worlds of my different homes and different like feelings and the algorithms and, and like colors and, and things like that and then it'll be me like on a green screen like walking through these different worlds and we have this really really cool idea for it so that's that's going to be like a huge project and that's also like an extension off of the album right because it's that song but it's it's going to be a, a full length song so that's really cool and then i'm also doing um like a bunch of in studio like acoustic versions of the tracks and i'm doing an acoustic version of fading an acoustic version of don't say no and an acoustic version of um, Big Wave. Yeah, yeah, so. A lot to look forward to. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's gonna be coming. Busy. Yeah, it uh, never stops, <laughs> just like a hamster, right? Uh, thank you for mentioning the Patreon because I actually was gonna ask about that. If our listeners are thinking about supporting you, what are some of uh, the perks of membership and how does your Patreon directly assist you with achieving your goals? Yes, so Patreon is a great spot to support me. It helps um, me kind of maintain consistent income because it's monthly. So with that, I offer like different tiers. There's like the first one starts at five bucks a month. So it's literally just like buying me a coffee, taking me out for a coffee once a month. And you can of course stay on for like as long or as little as you like. That's the cool thing about Patreon. If you just want to hop on for a couple months and see all the content that I've put up over the last years that I've had it. I've had it since like May 2020. So it's been, you know, a, a while that I've had it. So there's a bunch of like backlog content on there, demos. Um, I, I do conversations like this just to like to the camera and I'll just talk candidly for like an hour or whatever about everything that's been going on and it's it's that's kind of something that I like doing often um, there's also a bunch of resources on there for like artists um, so like release strategy stuff and like I offer a playlist submission service so I also have like resources for that on there and um, like festivals that are accepting applications and stuff like that like I'll com compile like a spreadsheet so that's Everyone gets that. Everyone that signed up gets all of those things. But then I also offer, um, I do like this monthly artwork. So I work with a um, artist in Cranbrook, Kaya Dubois, and she designs a monthly postcard that I send out that I like write notes, personalized notes to, to um, everyone that signs up to like the $10 tier a month. So I send that out and I have a new sticker each month that I do as well. And then there's like another tier up where I do like video calls and like songwriting. And um, I also have a local artist who makes candles and I have like a Madison Patreon exclusive candle that's really cute and aligns with the branding, the cozy feelings. So I send that out too. And it's, yeah, it's like me and other artists working together to create kind of like this, this little world. So they get their stuff out and I'm buying their stuff that's supported through the subscriptions. So it's kind of like this cycle of, of artists supporting artists and fans supporting artists. Yeah. That's awesome. You're clearly, uh, using the platform right because really it's like it's all about the perks that's that's what people yep. gets people in gets people uh interested in investing so yeah yeah that's it and a, a lot of times like people too they 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 just want to be able to have like direct communication with you and so i'll mm -hmm. get a lot of people like 
messaging me on Instagram and stuff. And sometimes I don't, I don't always have time. Like, I mean, as you guys are probably listening, you think I'm probably crazy and I do way too much and you are right. So a lot of times I'll be like, I don't have time to respond to this. I make time at this specific time to communicate with everyone on Patreon. I'd love for you to be there. And then we can have like proper conversations where I'm not responding to you every like six weeks. So, um, and that's an interesting feeling for me because I don't want that to come across as that I like don't have time or that I, I don't want to talk to fans or whatever because I really do and that's a huge part of, of what I do. I love being a part of the community and, and connecting with my fans, but I have to set the boundaries sometimes about how often I'm responding back because I find that I just get so like strapped. <laughs> So Patreon is a great is a great place for me to feel like I'm supported and to also have the space to be able to give back without completely draining my energy. For sure. And it, yeah, again, it sounds like you got an exciting year coming up. And uh, yeah, we're really uh, stoked to see where things go for you. What BC-based bands or artists would you recommend we check out or bring on the show for a future episode? Yeah, definitely. Um like I there's a lot of um my friends who are who are musicians in the Kootenays who I think you should definitely interview um Tanise Marie being one and Tanise has a really cool um like musical history she's Assyrian and she was just in LA doing like an Assyrian choir like working with them and and um, writing Assyrian music and playing a bunch of different instruments. So I th- I think that she has a really cool short story to share right now. And it'd be amazing if you had her on. Um, and then there's a band that I actually saw in Vancouver recently, and um, they're called Good Luck Madeline. And I saw them and it's kind of like a pop punk sort of like garage rock indie. And all of the guys that were in the band were doing a bunch of like side projects and some of them were doing like hip hop and a bunch of different things. So I think like that would be another really cool band to have in. Um, But yeah, like there's, there's so many artists that I admire right now in, in BC. And there's so many <laughs> that I could list off for you, but um, you've already been talking to me for a long time and I appreciate your time. We all appreciate your time, but we can't always have the time. <laughs> hey, well, that's great though, because uh, we haven't had either of those artists on the show. So yeah, that's what I'm always looking okay. for is, uh, is uh, new people to include. So thank you. And, yeah, it was, uh, it was great to, to come in here to the studio, to be here live chatting with you. Like this is... This is awesome. I just like want to be a part of the Vancouver music community and arts community as much as I can. I'm going to be out here a whole bunch, as I said, over the coming months. So I feel like this is um, this is a great opportunity for me to come on and, and also like listening back into your other episodes and finding the other artists that were on here and and just like being being a part of that world. It, it's it's really awesome. So I'm really grateful. Thanks. Yeah. Happy that we were able to make this opportunity line up. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Olson. Before we close this episode off with one more song by our featured guest, I just wanted to let you know that you can keep up with what we're up to on Facebook and Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio and on our website at PacificSoundRadio.com. If you like the show, you can give us a five-star rating and a positive review on your podcast platform of choice that lets you leave reviews. Here is Too Long. But you-